Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to the latest episode of the Terrace Podcast. I am Craig Fowler, and on this occasion, I have dialed up We Are Perth editor and former um, freelance journalist, I think I'm right in saying, Jimmy Beats. Hello, Jimmy. Hi, Craig. How are you getting on? I'm all right. Um, I, just saw, I, didn't really, I knew you'd gone on a new line of work, but I couldn't remember what it is. And then I saw your Twitter uh, profile and said it was uh, air, ca- air traffic controller in training. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, a bit of a bit of an about turn from uh, from journalism. Um, far, far away from what I used to do, but yeah, um, it's, it's all good. I'm like everyone else, stuck at home doing fuck all at the moment. But uh, <laughs> yeah, bit of a change. Right. So obviously, I've got you on. Like I said, editor of the We Are Perth website. So I think that's a clue for everybody that you are a St. Johnson fan. And obviously, the big news of Scottish football over the weekend was the news that Tommy Wright has left the club. Were St. Johnson fans as completely surprised by this as the rest of us? Yeah, I mean, it came completely out of left field yesterday. It was just uh, just out there, you know, doing my thing on Saturday morning and suddenly get a text saying, uh, that's right, gone. And it was in a, in a WhatsApp group, thought this is just some guy having a wind-up. And then, no, it's true. And it, I just I, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I think we knew the day would come where Tommy Wright left us. Um, I, I just didn't think it was going to be now. We thought, you know, he's got two years left in his contract. He's got work to finish it since you know he he turned things around this season and okay he might not have got the chance to to finish that off this season but I, I thought we'd get him into next season and uh, see how this kind of revolutionized Saints team grows in the future but uh, that, that that's all gone now unfortunately. It was spun in the press releases him taking a like taking a well-earned break uh, do you reckon this is the case? 
Well, I, I mean, it's really hard to say. There's kind of uh, various things in the in the press today about it, it being a spin-off from the, you know, the kind of uh, fallout, if you want to put it that way, he had in January about the transfer policy and that it's been planned for quite some time. Um, you know, the Northern Ireland job's open and I think we all know that's one that he would love to have. Whether or not that's got anything at all to do with it, I've got absolutely no idea. Um, if anyone deserves a break from football, it's Tommy Wright. He has been with us for seven solid years as manager, a year before that as assistant. And he does always say that, that football's the 24-7 job for him. He is totally engrossed in his work. Um, you know, Even during the close season, he's watching games, he's going to see games, he's on the phone to his players, he's getting involved in everything. That's the way he runs his team and that's how he gets the best out of his team. And has done for so long. So, you know, it may be that he just wants a bit of time. You know, his, his wife uh, still lives in Belfast, as far as I know. So he's maybe wants to spend a bit more time at home. Fair enough, absolutely. Um, there, it, it may well be that there's a kind of spin-off from what's happened in the past, kind of coming on to it as well, um, which is a bit of a shame if, if there's anything more to it than just him taking some time to himself. But, you know, whatever it is, he's, he's earned the right to, to go away at the time of his choosing and really to have left us on a high as well. And, yeah, you, you kind of... The club have managed to really get, get out in front of this in terms of a PR aspect because I think most people would right away be, be asking the questions, is this to do with what he was saying in January where he really kind of had a furious outburst at the way that things were being handled in, in terms of the transfer market? Obviously, Kristen Robertson... Uh, had you know not long joined the club as well, so there was obviously talk of of them having some sort of fractious relationship or her kind of getting in his way uh, or not used to the way that things were run at the club. But St. Johnson managed to kind of right away, and the fact that they did set out so clearly in the statement that this had been talked about for years, right, kind of said the same, and basically to to try and put it out to everybody that, that this is not a case of falling out. This is a case of this is always planned and the stuff that's happened recently. Well, that was by the by. That that wasn't really to to do with anything. Uh, do you buy all that though? <laughs> I mean, it does come out seeming quite amicable, and I watched his interview with the, the Saints TV yesterday, and it seemed you know he was quite happy. He was taking part in the the PR exercise, which you know most managers who leave under a cloud, you don't really hear anything from them. They go, and that's it. They're done, and they something may come out in the papers a few days later. He's you know I I, I think there's even if there is something more to it in terms of a problem, a fallout or whatever, the, there is at least still a respect there between the manager and the people behind the scenes at the club. And, the, you know, unusually for Saints, played things fairly well in the PR perspective. As it stands, whether or not there's more to come out down the line, who knows? I mean, you've mentioned uh, the head of football operations uh, Christine Robertson there, she's got a bit of a past with Kilmarnock where it, it didn't really work out. I'm sure Craig Anderson would have something to say about about how she got on at Killy. Um we don't yeah, we don't really hear much about how she's uh, how she's what what she gets up to it saying there's kind of mixed mixed messages about that whether there is a a bit of a you know, rubbing up against the manager and what he wants to do. But on the other hand I hear people saying she does great things with the, the media team and other people behind the scenes. So who knows? She's, she's not been a visible presence uh, since she came in. Um, what we do know is that Tommy Wright did have a bit of an outburst in January um, towards the people higher up in the club. 
but he got past it. And, you know, he, he had a point as well back then about the way the transfers were being handled. And he, he did his talking on the park. He got his team playing good football, winning games and flying up the league. And that's all you can really ask of a manager. It's interesting you say, like, she's, she's not been much of a visible presence. I think that's maybe, well, while I've praised the club's PR, I think that's maybe the one kind of chink in the armour uh, in terms of getting this in front of the story. If she doesn't say anything, then it's, it's maybe going to, to lead to supporters, whether it's right or wrong, at least kind of allowing them to have their imaginations run away with them a bit, little bit. So maybe she does need to come out and at least say something and, and kind of, it just it doesn't have to be anything referring to. I just like to to thank Tommy and to say like this this was I was aware of this was in the works when I first joined kind of thing. There's there there's maybe is an aspect to that, but there would also potentially for a lot of people if she came out making a statement, a lot of people wouldn't know who she was because <laughs> she's she's never been heard of since she came in. Since there was one interview in a Sunday paper months and months and months and months ago, and um, you know that that was the first thing we'd heard of her at the club. No one really knew what she was. Therefore, uh, what her role is, um, I would like to hear more. Um, you know, what, what is she's doing and what, what the job purpose is and how she integrates with the football side and the administrative side. But, you know, I, if she's going to run along the background, that's fine. If, she, if she's doing good things for the club, great. Um, hopefully that's not been a factor in why Tommy Wright's left us um, and ruined all our Saturdays this, uh, this weekend. But... Um, you know, who who knows? If if I, I would like to hear a bit more about the inner workings of it, but right now, you know, I think we need to. I think myself and most people I know are kind of just reflecting on that period of success that we've had. From from what you know and from what the fans know in general, what was the relationship like with Tommy Wright and the chairman slash owner Steve Brown? Well, they, you know, they they they're both uh, a certain kind of guy who. They're not backwards and coming forwards with their opinions. They'll say, they'll call it as they see it. And, you know, managers always want to spend more money and chairmen always want to keep the budget tight. And two guys who like to say their piece, they rubbed up against each other from time to time. But they always seemed to make up in the end. And, um, you know, Tommy Wright did usually eventually get that little bit more cash out of him to uh, to bring in another one or two players or, you know, stretch things a little bit. It maybe all took a little bit longer than you would like. The likes of Stevie May last summer, that took a lot longer than it should have to get over the line. There's a lot back and forward about how that actually played out. You know, a lot of stories doing the rounds about May having been at the ground with his training kit picked up and then suddenly the deal was off, you know. And... um it's uh, I I don't doubt that they had a strange relationship at times, um, and it obviously spilled over into public from time to time. Um, but again, if that was going to combust and end up in us losing Tommy Wright, you'd have thought that would have happened in January. Yeah, um, not 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 while there's no football going on. No, I, I mean maybe the timing is convenient, just in general. I mean, who knows when we're going to be back on the pitch uh, at the moment? And if his plan was always to leave at the end of the season. Uh, which it may well have been. Uh, that's what that's the way they're spinning it anyway. If that had been his plan, and we we don't know when we're going to get back on the park, you know, it, it makes sense certainly for Saints not to be paying the manager's wage for that length of time, and it gives us time to kind of mull over the options. Who are we going to get? Um, you know, it's not like you're being thrust into having to pick up a manager at the end of January and being left with you know the usual suspects and. 
not not being able to take your time over an appointment. Because I think this is going to be. I mean, we've we've Tommy Wright's been the manager of St Johnson since 2013. It's a long, long time. The amount of managers that have come and gone across the league in that time will be 20, 30 managers maybe across all the other clubs, and we've had that constant there. This is going to be huge for Saints bringing in the right person. Um, to, to take his good work forward. So, you know, I think the, the timing's maybe quite good for us to have a bit of time to think about it and find the right man. But it's also a bit of a shame as well to do with the timing that it means now that, um, I, I'm, I'm sure that Wright will be, you know, introduced at, at before a game or, or half-time or something to get his kind of uh, standard ovation for the crowd when we are able to play football again. But it is after so much success and being at the club for so long, you kind of just imagined him leaving. If it wasn't uh, kind of under a cloud, then it, under this scenario, it would typically be like a game the last day of the season or the last home game of the season, you know, you've just, you know, beaten uh, Livingston or something. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's walking around the park and everybody's like a sellout crowd. Everybody's like showing their appreciation. And instead, it just kind of has to be this whole thing that's done via a couple of yeah. statements and an interview on the website. And then we just go back to what you say as we're doing, just sitting in our houses waiting for all this uh, unpleasantness to, to blow yeah. over. Yeah, it's a real shame. I mean, it would have been a big event, Tommy Wright's last home game. Um, and we've had that now. It's been and gone. It was uh, one of the worst games of football I've ever been at. It was, uh, was, was his last game in charge. We won it against Livingston and it finished off well. It was brutal and we didn't have anything to, you know, we, we didn't leave that game thinking that's us in the last of a Tommy Wright Saints team. Um, it is a real shame, and I'm, I'm sure there will be an event made of it in the long run, but, you know, it's, it's just not quite the same, is it? No. Do you see, there's a lot of talk about this, do you see him taking the Northern Ireland job? Do you think he'll, do you think he'll be approached for it? Well, I, I think the, the Northern Irish FA would be um, crazy not to approach him. Um, he, he would like the job, I'm quite sure of that, and he's available now. Um, and I, you know, there's there's other names in the frame for uh, for the job, like the likes of Stephen Robinson, who's done well this season, and um, not got the same track record, I don't think, as Tommy Wright, but is is obviously a good manager as well. But then there's also some of the other names you see mentioned, like Ian Barraclough, who didn't have a great time in Scottish football, if I remember rightly, and um, well, you can you can judge this one. Austin McPhee is being mentioned for it, <laughs> which is uh, you know. Would you rather have Barraclough for McPhee or would you rather have Tommy Wright? I think the, the answer for that one's fairly clear, but it, it may just be that, um, again, in Wright's career, he's passed over for, for bigger and better things. He certainly, you know, if Tommy Wright had left us two seasons ago to take a job at the top end of the English Championship, nobody would have been surprised and no one would have judged him. At, you know, he, he's he's built such a a reputation at Saints. He deserves deserves a big a big move as it were I and mean, you've seen our previous managers the likes of Owen Coyle went to manage in the Premier League down south Derek McInnes went off to manage at a decent level down south N- neither of them achieved as much as Tommy Wright did same as Steve Lomas you know why do you think Wright never got headhunted in the same way that those guys did and also like obviously Johnson's kind of low profile probably plays a part but as you say there was previous managers who did get those kind of clubs coming from there's also kind of other clubs in Scotland that are running with similar size that have had their managers picked up and yet Wright always was the one that seemed to get passed over I wonder if there's a couple of things at play one is that he's he's not you know Lomas was a, a big name and just you know a bigger name in football in general and um, McInnes and Coyle 
were younger managers, just finished their playing days, had decent reputations as players, obviously, and they played at a decent level and um, got picked up. But there's one thing that all three of those guys have in common from when they went down to England is that they all ended up having spectacular failures down there. Coyle maybe had the most success, um, but eventually it went all badly wrong for him. McInnes never really worked out for him at Bristol, and Lomas didn't last very long at Millwall. Whether or not there's maybe a hangover from that, he's not the most fashionable man at the most fashionable club in the world. There's a misconception about the way he sets his teams up, as far as I'm concerned, that they're boring and they kick people off the park. I'm not quite sure that's true. Um, maybe in the past it was to a degree that it was, I, I would call it effective rather than anything else. Um, and he maybe had a reputation as well for sticking by the kind of old guard, the older players. Again, he's shown this season that he's more than capable of turning things around completely the other direction. So, um, yeah, I think there's various factors in play. I mean, I, I think I'd like to think that someone who's shown time and again that he can build a team and rebuild a team and rebuild a team and adapt to a situation and get results would be in demand, you know, down south or wherever. But, you know, if, if he ends up going and getting the Northern Ireland job, then he'll be happy and I'll be delighted for him. I, I really hope he does get it. But whether he is the man in the frame, I've got no idea. Is it fair to say that he is Johnson's greatest ever manager? I, I don't think there's any doubt about that now. I mean, um, I think if you asked people that five, six, seven years ago, before the Scottish Cup, uh, when everyone would have said Willie Ormond, he's the man with the stand named after from McDermott Park. He's the one that had the, the legendary team of the, um, you know, the late 60s, early 70s that you know, people in my dad's generation would always talk about. Um, I think now you can't. You just look at his record. Saints have been in the Premier League for 11 seasons, which is unprecedented. We won a Scottish Cup for the first time ever. We've been in Europe five times under Tommy Wright. Well, sorry, four under Tommy Wright and once while he was assistant. Um, you know, you, you can't argue with that for a club of Saints size. And if you look at teams that you'd equate with us, the likes of Livingston, Motherwell, even like to Dundee, Kilmarnock, can they compare to that achievement over that period of time? I, I don't think they can. And, you know, to consistently finish in the top six, never below eighth under right, it's just incredible for, for a team that gets two and a half thousand home supporters every week. It's, uh, it's incredible. And what he's done will be remembered for generations to come. Yeah, so much success for the era. Uh, this, this may seem like a strange question because there is so much success, but football fans are always wanting more. Always, <laughs> always look at what uh, could, could else have been achieved. Was there anything from Wright's era at St Johnson where fans kind of say, that was an opportunity we didn't quite realise? I mean, there's, there's one that sticks out for me is, um, is we, we did have other opportunities to get to cup finals. Even the season we won the Scottish Cup, we had a, a League Cup semi-final with Aberdeen um, and they absolutely turned us over 4 nothing. And you just thought at that stage, is this ever going to happen for us? And, um, you know, we just couldn't get it. But then we, we turned that around a few months later and got past them to the final. The other thing is as well, um, our European performances were, you know, we had um, unbelievable results against Rosenborg and against Luzerne under right. But we also had some defeats to teams that 
we were clearly better than even on the night. Um, the likes of, we beat Rosenberg, and we went and played FC Minsk from Belarus. We beat them in Belarus and got them back in McDermott Park and dominated them for an hour and conceded from their first attack of the two legs and lost on penalties. You know, if we got through that, we were in the playoff round. It's, um, there's little, disapp- you know, I think if you get knocked out in Europe by a Rosenberg or a Luzerne or whatever, fine, that's going to happen. You get knocked out by Lithuanian and Armenian and Belarusian teams that really aren't better than you. Um, that That is a disappointment. So, I mean, you're never going to grudge him taking us to Europe and, you know, we were never disgraced in these games. But the results weren't always quite what you'd hope. Okay, it's early days, but who would you... Is there anybody that comes to mind for you who you'd like to see crowned as successor? Well, kind of half-jokingly on Twitter yesterday, I suggested that we go for a Liam Craig and Stephen McLean dream team. Just, just for the Raj. I mean, could you imagine? The, the, the yellow and red cards we'd get would be phenomenal. And I said it as a joke, but actually, you know, Liam Craig has been really stepping up as the senior pro at the club these days. He's the man doing all the media. He's the man that's the PFA Scotland rep. He's obviously got the respect of the players. He's been doing his coaching stuff. I, you know, I, I, I still think he's got a bit of legs left in him as a player yet. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was involved in the conversation as an assistant or even for the top job. Um, you've also got guys like Callum Davidson, who was Tommy Wright's assistant and has gone down to be an assistant at clubs in England. Um, I think he's at Millwall just now. Um, you know, there's a guy that's also a bit of a club legend. Could he be involved in it? You know, I, I, I can't see any scenario where we go down the route of, you know, a John Hughes or, a, a you know, one of these usual suspect kind of characters. Um, but we, we do have a reputation of kind of bringing things out of nowhere. You know, Steve Lomas came out of nowhere. Uh, Tommy Wright coming in from being his assistant was unexpected. Derek McInnes wasn't expected as manager when he was in charge so I, I would expect us to do something you know we're not going to tread the familiar path of bringing in you know a guy that's knocking about looking for a job just now it'll be someone who, uh, who I think it'll be someone who's already got a connection of some kind to the club and it wouldn't surprise me if we promoted from within with the likes of Craig being involved What's the situation like with the club kind of going into the summer in terms of players at a contract? Is it going to have to be, you know, whenever football comes back again, is, is the new manager, whoever him or they may be, are they going to have to, to sign a few players to who might be leaving just due to the fact that clubs will probably have to release players just because uh, the, you know, shut down and just to save themselves some money or are a number of players basically signed through next season anyway? I think we've actually got a decent uh, decent squad um, there, um, as it stands. Like so, you know, some of the important players, the spine of the team are already there. So we've got the likes of Xander Clark, Jason Kerr, um, Ali McCann. These guys are all signed right through um, into next season. Um, I think, if I'm right about this, Murray Davidson um, and Dre Wright are the two who are, um, you know, first-team regulars who are out of contract. Um, Davidson, I think we, you know, we'd be pretty easy to deal with. He's been at us for a long, long time. Um, he lives in Perth. He's pretty settled here. Hopefully, we'll get him back in for another season. Uh, Dre Wright, I mean, I think you guys talked about him the other day. Um, 
he I would love to see him stay, but whether he wants to or not is another question. Um, beyond that, I mean, we've got the spine of the team there. There's there's guys going out of contracts, um, as I very quickly Google this. The likes of Tony Ralston, not fast. Um, Callum Booth, you know, he's done all right since he's come in, but we've got we've got other guys for these positions that that we can rely on to a degree at the very least. You know, I'm, if we go into next season with a a back five of Clark and Goal, um, Sean, uh, sorry, uh, Rooney at right back, who's coming in from Inverness, um, McCart, Gordon and Kerr for the centre-back positions, and uh, Scott Tanzer at left back. That We know that works in the Premier League. So, you know, beyond that, we've still got most of the squad ahead of them signed up. Um, it'll be kind of nibbling around the fringes. So we're, we're in a fairly healthy position. Um, at the moment, so hopefully any manager that does come in um, will have a bit of time to settle into the job without having to go crazy in the transfer market. And as far as you're aware, how are the club uh, managing things off the park? With uh, obviously, there's a lot of worry throughout the league in terms of finances with uh, little income coming in. Uh, how are how are St Johnson placed in terms of like compared to some other kind of rivals in the top flight? I hate to disappoint the uh, the, the tinfoil hat brigade on Twitter who are uh, who are certain that Saints are going to enter administration because they've lost Tommy Wright. But uh, you know, because Saints have run such a tight ship for years, um, and because of the way they structured their wages with it being a small basic and a lot of bonuses available, and because they've got a couple of million pounds sitting in the bank, we should be in quite a good position. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to come out well from this, but the fact that we've got that rainy day fund puts us in a, a position where we can, you know, we, we, we're not having to rent the stadium from someone else. We're not having to pay out huge wages. Um, we, sh- we should be safe enough uh, going forward. I think, like everyone, we'll just be desperate to know when we can get back in the park because that's, uh, that's going to be the thing that saves everyone is getting back to football sooner rather than later. Okay, right. I've had, before we finish off, I've got uh, some quickfire questions. Well, it doesn't have to be that quickfire. You can go into detail if you want. Uh, basically, just around Wright's uh, tenure. So I've just got four here. So, right. So you're not allowed to say Scottish Cup final because that's too obvious. Uh, okay. and I'm, I'm going to take away the semi-final as well against Aberdeen and the Rosenberg result. Other than that, tell us Tommy Wright's best result. Best, most, best result that maybe a lot of us wouldn't have thought of immediately as being his best result. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's a, a couple there. I actually made a list uh, yesterday of um, of the kind of his top five games as uh, as Saints manager. Unfortunately, it did include Rosenberg and the semi final and the final, uh, which are quite obvious. But you know, there's a couple there. There's um, games where games where I feel like he really got it up some people um, and defied the odds. Um, so you've got the likes of um, the five one win up at Aberdeen. Um, where that was the season Aberdeen thought they might have a bit of a title race on. It was Ronnie Dial at Celtic. They were going quite strong right the way into the autumn. I think that whole season uh, before the split, they only lost one game at home, and it was to us, 5-1, and an absolute pumping. Um, you know, that was the one where Brian Easton scores the volley from 30 yards out. All kinds of mad stuff happened in that game. Um, you know, there are a couple others as well. There's, there was the 3-1 win at Ibrox in the League Cup that um, basically sold Michael Halloran to Mark Warburton. Um, again, it was uh, this the narrative going that was Rangers are going to steamroll their Saints. They're, they're, you know, it's no problem. They're, they're, they're coming back. They're going to win the championship and they're going to beat Saints. 
Tommy Wright took one look at the Rangers team, thought, this is how I'm going to beat them, set the team up and just played them off the park. You know, it's uh, that, that's something he was always capable of, was identifying the weakness in another team. And that night was uh, one in particular where he just uh, unleashed Michael Halloran and slaughtered them, really. So um, I, I'd, I'd probably go for... Um, if I had to pick one, I'd go for the Aberdeen game just because scoring five away from home is not something we do ever. And, uh, and we did do that that day, so... Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, and you also uh, getting up people as well. Uh, yeah. The one over uh, Dundee at Dens Park that enraged uh, Neil McCann. Uh, well, I mean, probably you, be involved look, as well. Look at the people that, that thought they could get one over uh, Tommy Wright. It was, it was all Neil McCann. What happened? And he got sacked. And his team ended up relegated. Jackie McNamara, another one. Um, the, the, his quote after the Scottish Cup final was, "It's easier to stop than it is to create." Having just watched his team lose two 0 and I'd like to remind people as well, when he made that quote, he started that game with Gavin Gunning at the back. So, um, you know, he's hardly a team full of silky soccer players. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he was always able to, um, to, to pick, pick holes in other, other uh, teams and uh, infuriate the right people as well. So that's something we'll remember about him. Okay, who would you single out as his best signing? Right, I've mentioned them already. I, I was having a, a look through um, the players he brought in over the years. I think in terms of what he's contributed to the team and what he's done for the club as a whole, I'd go for Michael Halloran. When he came in, he started off as an incredibly infuriating player. He was young, he would get the ball and he would run past six people and then he would just run out of the park. He just lacked any kind of intelligence in the final third. But then in this, I think it was this... Um, the, the cup final season, and particularly about the, the year or so after that, he just clicked and he was unstoppable at times. Um, I, I've been watching back some of the videos of um, his his early time at Saints. He was just unbelievable. He would just leave players in his wake, set up goals, he would score goals, and then we sold them for half a million quid. I, you know, a free transfer making you that kind of profit. And then we got him back for nothing. So, you know... Um, and, and he's still there, he's still played, I think he's played 24 games this season. So, you know, over the course of six and a half seasons, he's, uh, he's made us a lot of money and, uh, and been a huge contributor as well. Okay, you mentioned some poor results already, but if there's any others that you haven't uh, that are in contention for worst result under Tommy Wright? Uh, so you've got um, a couple of European ones. I think uh, the, the ones that really hurt were the... Um, I think the, the game at home to Minsk was a huge disappointment. The games, both games against Alishkert uh, a couple of years later were, were awful because they were not a good team. And uh, we beat them at home and we should have we won the tie, really. Um, but we just completely blew it that night. But I think my worst result, um, the most infuriating one, was uh, Queen of the South 2 Saints nil in the, uh, January 2015. Uh, and it was probably the most meek surrender of a Scottish Cup there's been in history. We uh, went out there, went for a lovely day trip down to Dumfries, great day out, expecting, you know, this is, a, this is us defending our trophy, we're going to go far, and we just threw it straight in the bin. Um, it was just, just such a, a poor, insipid performance, and it wasn't even, it wasn't a brilliant Queen of the South team either. I don't think they were particularly high up in the league by the end of the season. Just just a bad one all round. Okay, uh, what about worst signing? 
Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> he's brought in some good players over the years. He's also brought in some shockers. So I'm going to, I've got two here. One's dead easy. This season, you've talked about many times. Maddis Veeman. <laughs> we desperate for a centre-back this year. Oh, here we go. We've got an Estonian international in. And he just couldn't play football. He just, he just, he just wasn't. I, I'm still not convinced he was actually the right person turned up um, at, at McDermott. Um, he also had there was another one before, similar vein where we were we desperately needed a striker. We got a guy in who had a bit of a reputation. Um, it was Joe Gormley when he came in from Ireland, and very similar to Veeman, just disappeared off the face of the planet and stopped playing football um, after he left Saints. I think he has actually made a comeback in Ireland, but. You know, it's a guy that came in with a reputation that we thought was going to solve the problem and just did nothing at all. You can't help but take it personally when players retire after, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, and to do it twice as well in, in a, a few seasons is, is quite good going. I don't think it happens very often. Hearts on Joe and Oshaniwa. He just never played football again, despite the fact he played at the World Cup against Messi. I'm not, I'm not sure he... I'm not sure he played football for Hearts either. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it must be these players like they just fail spectacularly in Scottish football. They just must be like, yeah. well, there's no point anymore. Um, no, no, give it up. <laughs> right, Jimmy, thanks very much for joining me. Uh, I hope yeah. uh, I hope you're surviving well in this. I mean, it's, it's hard enough, all this stuff going on as it is, without having uh, losing the best margin in your history. Randomly. Yeah, I... I, I didn't think uh, football was going to break my heart for a few more months yet, but uh, it's happened. So there we go, mopping up the tears. No, oh, well, I hope you I hope you get an uh, an exciting name to to look forward to when this uh, eventually finishes. Yeah, uh, and obviously not John Hughes. No. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, Jimmy, thank you very much. Uh, cheers, Andy Craig. Thanks very much. Anytime. Cheers. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.